Welcome to the Random Wellness Podcast with your host, Nicole Van Quaito, nutritionist, owner, Simply Nick, and taco enthusiast. Join me each week for all things random wellness, including intuitive nutrition, entrepreneurship, holistic living, good vibes, and a dash of woo-woo. I hope this podcast gives you a good laugh, teaches you something new, and helps you up-level your health. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy today's episode. and welcome back to the Random Wellness Podcast with myself, Nicole Van Quatham. Today, I got to interview the lovely Hannah, the herbalist, um, also known as Rewild of the Soul. She is a herbalist, among many other things, including a yoga teacher. Um, I actually met Hannah back in university. Um, We were in the same program, and we actually traveled to Honduras together, which was a really amazing experience, and that's when we got to know each other and became friends. And it's interesting because we both were in the same program, studying the same thing. And I think maybe not exactly, but had this idea of what we thought we were going to do after university and both obviously went uh, different paths. We were in global studies and although it's very connected still to what we both do today, um, it's interesting how we both kind of went the natural holistic route in our own way. So really excited to share this episode. Um, We talk about, you know, Hannah's journey and what led her to herbalism. Um, We talked about the spiritual component to herbalism and connecting to plants. Um, We talk about the different ways a single herb can be used. Um, And then some like practical examples too, in terms of like digestion and hormones, among many other things. So yes, very excited for you guys to hear today's episode and I hope you enjoy. Okay, first hard-hitting question. What is your favorite food? Ooh. <laughs> um, probably not the most healthy choice, but popcorn. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Like fresh popcorn or do you like the bagged popcorn? Like um, I like to make my own popcorn on the stove. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Like next level. <laughs> Pretty, pretty curious about my popcorn. <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> you want, like, all of the bag stuff on the shelf in the grocery store? No, no, no. On the stuff. Okay. That's, like, legit. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite color? Blue. Okay. Why is, it, like, everyone is, like, blue to turquoise. It's very interesting. Yeah, like, bluey green. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Favorite place you've traveled? Ooh, definitely Costa Rica. Okay. Yeah, we can we can talk about that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, next place that you want to travel? Um, I really want to go to South America, like Colombia, Peru. Yeah. Yeah. One day. One day. <laughs> yeah, it's on my list. Okay. Favorite book? maybe of all time or even like one that you've read recently or even like favorite author books I love books so (laughs) it's hard to choose just one um one of the books that has impacted me the most is women who run with the wolves stop I literally just got that in the mail today oh my god it's gonna change your life I'm not kidding you I just got like goosebumps. That's so It's so good. It's going to change your life. Like, it's like my manifesto. I am obsessed with that book. Yeah. Gosh. Okay. Well, that was strange, but also not. 
I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'll put that in like the show notes too. So if people want to check it out, they can find it. Yeah, totally. Okay. This might actually be a really hard question. What is your favorite herb? Ooh, it is a hard question, but I have an answer. Okay. Um, my favorite herb is mugwort. Okay. Can you explain why? And I love it because it works on like so many different levels. Mm. Um, so on the physical level, it's really good for the digestive system. It's a bitter, but it's like a gentle bitter. So mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll talk more about bitters okay. later. That's like an exciting realm. Yeah. But um, basically bitters just improve everything in the entire digestive system. So it's doing that. It's also um, on like more of a spiritual level. It's very protective and um, you can use it in so many different ways. Like I grow it in my garden, which is like kind of like a protective omen for my house, Mm -hmm. but you can also dry it as like smudge sticks and burn it kind of like sage um, as like a cleansing and like healing and kind of like protective smoke. You can smoke it um, on its own or like if you like to combine herbs with your cannabis, that's a great one. You can drink it as a tea. It's really delicious. It's great for like menstrual cramps and it's like associated with the moon. So I'm really into the moon. So I really like that. (laughs) Um, And it's like on a spiritual level, it also connects with our dreams. And so it can help you like have more lucid dreams and kind of like connect with that dreamier spiritual kind of like state. So Wow. I feel like, all right, podcast yeah. done. I just learned like so much like, just from one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty- yeah. I know we're going to talk a lot probably like about herbalism and like some of the things that you mentioned, but I'd love for my audience to get to know you better. So mm-hmm. if you're open to kind of sharing your story and the path that you took to get to the work that you do today, that would be awesome. And you can yeah. go as far back as you want. You, it's up to you. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, well, I guess just like starting from when I was a little kid, I always felt like a really strong connection with nature. Mm-hmm. My parents called me nature kid. I was like always barefoot and like running around in the woods and like had was like catching frogs and snakes and like climbing trees. And um, so I was really like connected to that world mm-hmm. when I was a child. And then... Um, as I got older, like I became more domesticated as we do. And I kind of like fell into like certain things like people pleasing. And like, I got really a lot of good attention for like how well I was doing in school. So I was like, Oh, I should do that. And like, just be really like good at school. Mm-hmm. Went to university and which is where we met and like was kind of just didn't really know what I was doing with my life but I was like okay I'm like interested in these things I'm interested in kind of like expanding my perception of the world and um I feel like my education helped me with that but I graduated from university still being like I have no idea what I want to do and just feeling at kind of like a loss um And knowing that I wanted to help people and that I wanted to serve and that I wanted to somehow like interact with nature. I just like didn't know how all the pieces fit together. Right. 
and I just kind of found myself on um like about a year after university I hit kind of like a rock bottom where I was just like really lost really unhappy like depressed Mm -hmm. super anxious and just knowing that I like wanted to do something different with my life than what I was doing and I was really unhappy and so that kind of sparked me to realize that I needed to make some big changes and I knew that um through my experience in university where we actually met was like on our trip to Honduras yes and through those experiences in university like going volunteering in foreign countries I realized that travel was something that really helped me to grow Mm. and that would like push me out of my comfort zone so I was like okay this is what I need to do like I just know something needs to change and I need to get out of here and like change everything and I don't know what's going to happen but I know that that's going to take me into a path of growth and so I kind of just left everything behind and I moved to Thailand um and I kind of realized when I got to Thailand that my problems still followed me there Mm. I was like oh (laughs) everything isn't fixed now because I live on the beach that's weird (laughs) (laughs) I guess I have to look inward and like figure out what's really going on with myself and um so that kind of led me towards a path of like personal development, um, which lasted for many years, but it started out with like exploring Buddhism. I was living in a Buddhist country, um, meditation. I started diving deeper into my yoga practice and, um, like visiting mindfulness communities. And I was like, wow, I really need to start working on understanding my headspace and like I am responsible for my perception and like I can choose how I react to things and that just opened up like so much possibility um and so much growth and so that was kind of like a journey that lasted for I traveled for three years and during that time I ended up doing my yoga teacher training um which then led me like more deeper into spiritual communities and I was really I became introduced to the concept of permaculture Mm. and I was fascinated by that for those who don't know about permaculture it's like basically a way of growing your food and just living in a way that actually aligns with the values of nature instead of trying to fight against it and I was just like, yes, this makes so much sense. Like, why is the whole world doing permaculture? Right. Um, and so I got really into that and did a course on that. And then I learned, I studied massage in Thailand. So I was like putting all these pieces together and like really going deeper into spirituality and like this kind of like wellness industry learning a lot more about nature, living off the grid and like intentional communities and like permaculture. Mm -hmm. And so all these pieces were kind of like fizzling in the background. And then I reached this point where after like three years of traveling, I had like done all these different experiences and I was like living in a van Mm -hmm. and I did that as well. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, and while I was living in my van, I was like, you know what? I really need to like start figuring out how I can serve. Like I've spent all this time figuring out myself and like really diving deep into my own personal development, my own journey. And I was really starting to feel like that didn't need to be my number one focus anymore. And I was like starting to get ready to try to start serving others. And I was like, I just feel like I need like something that brings it all together. Okay. And I was searching for that thing in a very like mind-based way. I was like doing research online and I was like maybe acupuncture or like massage or this and that Chinese medicine. And then I reached this point of realizing none of those solutions seemed like a total, just like when something is right, you just know it. It's like, one of those intuitive things that you just feel your whole body feels like yes mm-hmm. and that was not happening and I was like okay when the right thing comes I will know because it will be a fuck yes yes and right now none of these things are that so um I was just like I surrender like I know the answer is going to come to me in the right moment mm-hmm. and it was like literally 24 hours after that moment of like being like I surrender to to like sitting around in this little um herbal elixir bar in San Francisco with my friends and like telling them that I wanted to be a witch when I grew up yes and they're like you already are a witch like look what you're wearing right now (laughs) and I was like wearing a very witchy dress yes and um and I was like, no, but I want to be like a, a formal, a, like a formally trained witch. Yeah. And they, one, my one friend was like, well, you should probably study herbalism because that's like what that is. Yeah. And I was like, true. And then the conversation just kind of carried on and it was just like marinating in the back of my mind. And then on the car ride home from that day, I was sitting beside my friend and I was like, I need to be a herbalist. Like, this is what I need to do. It's bringing together, like, it's nature, it's spirituality, it's healing. It's, like, all the things that I want in one thing. And I was, like, yelling in her car, being like, I'm going to be a herbalist. And she was like, you're, yeah, okay, you figured it out. (laughs) Man, that is, yeah, that's kind of, and then um, basically about a year ago, just, like, last summer, I moved back to Canada. And I started school and um, I've been studying herbalism and I now am living in, I live in Toronto um, in a yoga studio, which is like, yeah, so (laughs) it's really crazy. Um, Yeah, it's like, uh, it's called Oblong Yoga House and um, it's basically five of us women who were all yoga teachers and various types of healers and um, we all live here and work here and like co-create this space. Wow, that's like literally like that community that you were talking about earlier when you are sharing like your yeah. community, but like in Canada. Yeah, like in a exactly. Wow. Yeah, it's like everything that I could ever want basically (laughs) oh my gosh I love this this is like yeah because I know you too this is like so like heartwarming to like see you like also you love like on a personal level so like that's just amazing and also like so cool like 
didn't know that was a thing. I didn't even like know that's where you were like living. I like saw that you were like doing yoga and like with these people a lot. I had no idea that that was like, that was like your life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's my life. Pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. So like in terms of like the training to become a herbalist, like, like what's like the actual like course like? Is it like a couple of years? Is it like you actually have to like I'm assuming go out in nature a lot and actually like look at the physical plants and things like that. Yeah, totally. So um, the training that I'm doing is uh, it's an on. So there's two kind of components to becoming like a clinical herbalist. Okay. And one of them is um, you need to fulfill like certain coursework. Okay. Which is like botany and nutrition and. Mm plant identification and um like materia medica which is like what do herbs do um and so i'm taking all of those courses online Mm. um through wild rose college they're amazing i really love their program and then um i have a mentor that i she she's right now running a course um that's called experiential herbalism and so we go to her land once a month in Prince Edward County and we do plant walks and we actually connect with the plants in nature and learn how to make medicine. So cool. And then, yeah. And then, um, the clinical aspect of the training is like learning how to work one-on-one with clients and formulate, um, like an appropriate herbal remedy for them. Okay. And so that is, uh, like, one-on-one mentor or sorry not a one-on-one but it's like a very small group that I'll be doing a mentorship with um this woman and basically shadowing her doing that one-on-one work with clients and then she'll be shadowing us doing that okay and at the same time we're all like working with our own clients because we're able to start working with clients like herbalism isn't a regulated field in Canada which is how the herbalists want to keep it because we're all wild people and we (laughs) don't want to be told how to do things (laughs) yeah so um so yeah it's like we're still able to practice and start like having our own clients and like learning through that experience that's amazing yeah I know it's like it's like that whole like you said, like, okay, it's not something that, and like in in other countries though, it's like something that's like, okay, like you're kind of herbalist and you have to like follow like these guidelines from my understanding, right? I want to say, is it like the UK or something like that? It might be different in the UK. Yeah. I'm not totally sure how it works there, but I know that like the way that things change when you get like a college, um, I know it happened to I don't think it, you don't have, nutritionists don't have a college, right? We do. So it's like, that's why it's like one of those pros and cons. So like, if I talk about like my, the college that like I went to, like I, if I want to keep my RHN status, Mm -hmm. like I can't use the word like heal. Whoa. Yeah. Like, so like, you'll notice in my verbiage that I use the word support all the time whoa isn't that crazy it's like yeah it's like I think it's more to protect us so like someone doesn't come to us and said like you can heal me like blah blah, blah. and you like yeah. in from like this one social media post or like something like that yeah but at the same time it's like how especially in the digestive health world like how do you not say like heal your gut 
Yeah, that's like, <laughs> the first thing that popped into my mind. I'm like, but how do you heal your gut? <laughs> yeah, it's like, how to support your gut health? Like, literally, now you're gonna like notice it all the time, but I'm like, that's do you most? Yeah. So crazy. Okay, yeah. So that's a perfect example of yeah. why we don't want to get a college as herbalists because right now we have like quite a bit more freedom and mm-hmm. we're able to like practice in our own way, which is really like important because a lot of the work that we do is like very intuitive based like I'm like talking to plants I'm like I love that you know <laughs> getting information from them like that can't be regulated yeah like how can you regulate like something to like that like level right it's like yeah totally you no know, can you actually speak to like the spirituality side of like like herbalism because like when I think about it like I think very like my type A personality kind of comes in and like, well, there's this herb and it supports X, Y, Z. Like, you know what I mean? Which I know there's, there are those things, but even when we were talking at the beginning, like I didn't realize how like multifaceted it was. Yeah. So I think that's my favorite part about herbalism because it's not just like, it totally takes you out of this mindset of healing from like our allopathic medicine, which is, this is your symptom this is how you treat it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a completely different approach, which considers the entire person, mm-hmm. which is why I can't say like this herb will have this effect mm-hmm. because it works. So like the way that plants work is they're so multifaceted. Right. And when we think of our pharmaceuticals, those are typically have typically been made based on plants So what they've done is they've found a plant that has a certain chemical constituent and then they've extracted that and synthesized it Mm. into one, into like one chemical, which they then put into your body. And they know that that one chemical is going to react with that one type of cell in your body to have this outcome. Okay. But herbs don't work in that way because they're plants. So they have like hundreds of different chemical constituents, which are all working synergetically together Mm. within the plant itself. And then within your body, which also has like hundreds of different things going on at any given moment, which are all working synergistically together. Okay. So the levels that it can access is like, it ha- you have to have a holistic approach. Okay. So you have to really, it's tricky because in our day and age, like people have the mindset of like, they want that one quick fix of like, I have this problem. What's the herb for that? And I'm like, mm-hmm. it actually doesn't work that way. Like I need to understand you and mm-hmm. where is your imbalance coming from? Like, are you, you know, too hot or like, too cold and that's going to determine like which type of herb I use for your digestive complaint even Mm -hmm. though that might seem unrelated like it's everything's related because our body is an ecosystem 100% so yeah like and when you are like okay can you actually like even we can go woo woo on this podcast like don't worry we can go like right off (laughs) anyone that wants to tune out at this point feel free to um, (laughs) I'm like selfishly like really into this but like you talk about like even like speaking to plants and like like is it like in that intuitive nature of like being a herbalist so like 
can even touch like even deeper into that side of things because yeah. obviously like you said there's like everyone's different and unique and there's things like like are you like hot are you cold I'm sure there's a million other things but like that spiritual piece is like really fascinating and I didn't even like know that that was even like a component of like your training yeah so that's what excites me the most because I feel like the root of physical imbalance is is always deeper Mm -hmm. so like things manifest on a physical level because there's a deeper imbalance emotionally mentally or spiritually Mm -hmm. and so when we can get to the root of that and heal that then the physical manifestation is going to resolve itself like yeah we might need to treat those physical manifestations but when we're just treating a symptom we're not getting to the root of what's really going on Mm-hmm. And so working with the plants in a spiritual way is like what I'm most passionate about learning and doing with clients. And um, yeah, as you said, like it's, it's such a vast thing and it's almost hard to describe, but it definitely requires um, like to, first of all, to be able to connect with the plants mm-hmm. on that level. Right. So what that means for me is like communicating with plants. Mm -hmm. How do you communicate with plants? They don't speak English. So (laughs) you're like, like, hello, like, why aren't you talking back to me? (laughs) Yeah. And like, I I do speak to them. Like I do use my words, but it's been really interesting, especially this summer to really dive into my relationship with plants and one of the things that I've learned is relationships take time. Yes. So the first time that I introduce myself to a certain type of plant, it's not going to greet me like I'm a long lost friend because <laughs> it like we don't know each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like it's really about, um, I think the most important thing is about learning to tap into the center of perception that comes from your heart. Mm. So rather than using your intellect, you're using your intuition. Mm. And something that I've learned is that we have actually not just one method of perception in our bodies, which is our mind. Mm -hmm. We have three. So our gut is our instinct. Mm. And that's why we say like, I have butterflies or like I have a, gut feeling about this it's because that's an instinct that's like what drives when you're in a dark alley and you feel like "Mm, something's not right here that's fear that's like be safe and get out of there and that's an instinct right then we have our intellect which is really good at rational thinking it's really good at logic it's really reductionist And it really likes things to be really linear and in boxes. Mm -hmm. Really useful tool. But then we have our intuition, which is based from our heart. And this is like that deep knowing and that wisdom that comes from within. And it's just like suddenly there's a voice that's telling you like, do this. And you're like, oh, okay. Yes. You know? And so the intuition should be the bridge between the two. Mm -hmm. 
And like quite literally, it's the center. Like if you look at the chakras, which we study in yoga, like the heart is the center chakra. And that's because it should be uniting everything from above and below. And the heart chakra is associated with the color green, which is the color that we see everywhere in nature when we go out into nature. So that tapping into that method of perception is really how I've learned to communicate with plants. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I'm very much still learning, but um, I've discovered that when I approach with like, there's something that we practice in herbalism, which is like ethical harvesting practices. So we always ask permission from plants that we want to harvest. And that's like standard across, like, I I don't know any herbalists that don't do this. If you're a herbalist listening and you don't do this, please reach out to me and we will chat. (laughs) (laughs) Call me. Um, But pretty much like that's a thing. And it's really interesting because at first you might feel silly, like you're talking to a plant and you're like, hey, can I take some? But you'll actually receive an answer. And it's really interesting to learn like how to receive that answer and how to actually be open to hearing no, because sometimes the answer is no. And you might not know why. And you're like, but I really, I came here and I wanted this and I'm trying to help this person. And it's like, no. And you have to be like, okay, for whatever reason, like maybe the soil is toxic here, or maybe this plant is really struggling. And it's like, not able to keep up with the ecosystem so it needs like a season to replenish or there could be a million other maybe it was just harvested yesterday okay you have no idea but like learning to kind of receive those messages and it could be as simple as like walking up to like I've noticed now when I approach a plant that I know that I've connected with many times and like whether it's the same exact plant or the Mm -hmm. same plant, the same species, but in a different place, I greet it like a friend, like, Oh my gosh. Hi. So happy to see you here. And the plants respond in that same way. Like I can see them starting to dance a little bit in the wind Mm -hmm. and you know, they want to be acknowledged. Like previously we had this relationship with plants where we were all much more connected Mm. and our ancestors had this connection with plants and they miss connecting with us. They're like, finally, someone noticed me like, hello, (laughs) here this whole time. And like, I'm medicine and I'm literally just like a weed growing out of the sidewalk and like, no one cares. They're just spraying you with toxic chemicals. Yes. And so when you're going and you're like, wow, hi, thank you. I'm so glad you're here. Like grateful for your presence. They're like, Oh, acknowledge thank you for validating me like yeah (laughs) Yeah, totally well like even like I was actually who was I talking to recently but like for people who are like very linear thinking or like thinkers apparently there's an actual study out that says talking to your plants like helps them grow totally yeah full-on like scientific study like this isn't like like if you're like okay you're not in the like woo spiritual side of things like to break it down even like to that like there's full-on scientists studying this yeah like science supports this people yeah 
And like, even like with my house plants, like I feel <laughs> my husband, I love all the time. Cause he, like the night he engaged uh, or like proposed to me, he wanted to do outside cause I love being outside and like maybe on a hike or something, but it literally was like raining for like a month straight. Like anytime we had like a day off, oh so he bought a fiddle leaf and like brought it inside with like gluten-free beer which is like hilarious and like dairy-free ice cream like respect right <laughs> like so good. <laughs> so good and I was so pumped with this fiddle leaf I was like Fuck yeah this is like my first like big house plant right yeah. so it just was it was struggling like we had a rocky relationship at the mm. beginning and oh. I finally was just like no like this thing is not dying like absolutely not and like yeah there's like a little bit like looking up on google like you know like how much should I water this where does it like need to be in terms of light 100% but like now I'm to the point where like I feel like I don't even know how to give people advice on houseplants like people are like oh like your houseplants look great like which one should I get I'm like how much should I I'm like I don't really know like I have a rough water schedule but like sometimes I'm just like I feel like you just, you don't need it this week or like, I don't yeah, know. I don't, I can't describe it. Like I just kind okay. of like, I just wing it. But and it's intuitive. Yes. Like you're, and you're actually paying attention to them. Right. Which is the first step. Like if you don't ever look at your houseplants, how are they going to tell you anything? Oh, hundred like, percent. And there's like a couple that are in a spare bedroom. They get great light. They get water, but they're like they're sad looking. Like yeah, no they're like little, they're like flopped over a little bit. <laughs> like they're alive. I don't think they're gonna die anytime soon. But like, you know, they might just need a little bit of a change in scenery from yeah, love. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, like I always like where my couch is, I'll look at like my Birds of Paradise plant because it's like right in front of me, and that thing's yeah. like thriving. So I'm always like, oh, look at that. We're like, look at that little spring. Oh my gosh. I was like, so yeah. Brendan, I'm like, we call him Birdie, our plant. I was like, Birdie's looking great. <laughs> so nice. He's like, okay. Birdie feels the love. <laughs> Birdie feels the love. Our fiddle leaf thriving now. Like, amazing. Probably gonna hit the ceiling at one point, and then we're gonna have to wow. reevaluate <laughs> like how we're gonna like position it in our house. Oh yeah. my god. We call him Fiddy. Fitty and Birdie, yeah. And Birdie, I <laughs> so love like, that. Yeah, just like to put in context to people who aren't like very like spiritual or like maybe totally. just kind of interested. Like, this is coming from someone who grew up on a farm in a very traditional household. Like, the fact that I'm like looking and talking at my plants. Like, if I can do that, we can we can all do that. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, totally. you can be in university. Like, the transition that I would have had from like then to like now probably from like your perspective is like quite different. Like who would have thought even both of us would be talking to each other about talking to plants. <laughs> Love it. Okay. But, like it is so interesting though. Like, I mean like really like plants are alive. So like, are we really that surprised that? Totally. Yeah. Like, and like speaking to how they can help us heal on like a a spiritual level Mm. the plants themselves have a spirit Mm. and so working with that element of the plant and it doesn't even necessarily require you to ingest the plant like it could be just sitting with it 
and connecting with it in that way. Or like I said, like burning the, the smudge stick of mugwort, like that connects me with the, the spirit of mugwort. Mm. You know, I have mugwort hanging over my bed and I've had dreams about mugwort and I'm like, we are connecting on a spiritual level, (laughs) but, um, on a more practical level for people who like maybe aren't that deep into their relationship with plants. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite ways to work with plants in healing on a spiritual level is through flower essences. Okay. And so flower essences are this like really magical form of remedy and they're totally safe for everyone to take, which is like a really great introduction to them because um, we do have to like consider when we're taking herbs medicinally, like how do those interact with our medications and the foods Mm -hmm. that we're eating and things Mm -hmm. like that. And we don't want to have adverse effects, but flower essences won't have that issue. They are totally safe to take for everyone, even children. Um, and the way that they're prepared is basically, um, it's like a very ritualistic process, but you use the, the flowers of a plant and you basically collect the flowers in a bowl of water and you do that in direct sunlight. And then you let the flowers sit in the water for four hours or for the whole afternoon in direct sunlight so that essentially what the energy of the sun is doing is carrying the essence or the vibration of the flower into the water. Mm. And as we know, just from basic science, water carries frequencies or water carries vibrations. Like that's a very good conductor. Mm. And so the water then holds that vibration of the flower. And then we use that water and we create like a very diluted medicine from that water. And when we take it, we take three drops of a very diluted form of that medicine in a small amount of water to, again, carry the frequency. And those remedies are meant to work on um, a more vibrational, spiritual, emotional level. Mm. So an example of a flower remedy that, um, like, what a flower remedy could do is um, let's say you are someone who is very stressed out and um, burnt out and you're totally overburdening yourself and you're like really reaching your limit. But on the surface, you're pretending like everything's fine and you're really good at like wearing a mask and like covering it up. Right. There's a flower essence for that. Wow. Yeah. It is so cool. So you can work with these flower essences and like it's, it can be a really interesting process of like how to choose them. And that's another way to practice like working with your intuition Mm. and like using those more intuitive approaches to figure out the the correct remedy for people. Mm. Um, But flower essences can have a profound impact on people on a more emotional, spiritual, energetic level. Okay. And is that like kind of follow like a similar, how do I describe this? Similar concept, I guess, to people that leave things out like in the moonlight, if there's like a full moon, like, is that another practice? Yeah, totally. And 
Um, I actually, I haven't done this yet, but I'm really like looking forward to experimenting with it is making flower essences using the moonlight okay. instead of the sunlight. And when I first like even got the idea that that could be possible, I was like, <laughs> like just, yes, that's like everything that I'm into. So because yeah, like you're really into like the moon too, aren't you? Yes, yeah, super into the moon. I hold moon gatherings. <laughs> um, like, yeah. Because, yeah. like, I know there's, like, a local um, farm in, like, my area. It's, I just sent you their link because you'll just be obsessed. It's called the New New Age. Yeah. Um, okay. But they, I, like, obviously, like, they can't do it for, like, all of their teas because that would be, like, so labor-intensive. But I know um, every once in a while they'll put, like, I think they're holy basil um mm -hmm. out under like a full moon and like package that up which is really cool yeah they, they do like all year round but every once in a while they'll have like holy basil special right yeah yeah <laughs> that's amazing yeah usually like I know I like I don't even know if it's possible but they sometimes like allow people on their farm for like herb walks as well and stuff like that oh yeah like, you would die <laughs> I would love that yeah we have super cool people too so yeah totally. yeah <laughs> um now like one thing you and I talked about before the podcast was you know giving examples of like how herbs can support digestive health which obviously you know I'm like a huge nerd when it comes to digestive health so like when you suggested that I was like oh my gosh absolutely like yeah the bitters that you were talking about like early on like that's something that's very interesting to me as a practitioner because I know how helpful they can be in terms of like stimulating digestive juices and breaking food yeah. down. So like, can you get into some of the ways that you can support digestive health through herbalism? Yeah, totally. So I would say bitters is like, would always be my number one. Okay. Um, and the reason why is, first of all, we've completely eliminated the bitter taste from our diet almost entirely which is really unhealthy mm -hmm. and when you start eating wild foods you start to realize that a lot of them are bitter mm. and there's a reason for that we need bitter foods mm -hmm. and it's like one of the six main flavors like it's very important in our diet and what bitters do is from the minute that your mouth tastes the bitter flavor your mouth starts like to secrete like salivary right. enzymes that start breaking down your food. Your stomach starts producing more stomach acid. All of your digestive enzymes start firing off. Your gallbladder starts producing bile. Your liver starts like everything starts kicking into gear yeah. being like, we're going to digest food right now. Right. So every single step along the digestive process is going to be stimulated by, by taking a bitter. Right. So like just right off the bat, if you're having digestive problems, like drink, take a bitter tincture before your meal and you're going to have that effect. You need to taste it. Mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't have to be like drinking a whole cup of super bitter tea. Right. Right. Um, it could be as simple as taking a tincture and just like having that taste in your mouth for a second. Yeah. Um, and I found it really interesting when I was studying 
um, someone in my program had done her thesis on this topic and, um, something that she was kind of playing with was this idea of like obesity and diabetes and like all these things in our culture being a result of the lack of bitters in our diet Mm -hmm. and how like there's also um really interesting research about like the use of antacids which is like so 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 common people taking antacids and antacids are like literally the worst thing that you could do for your digestive health because (laughs) stomach needs stomach your stomach needs acid (laughs) like that's what it's using to break down your food so if you're getting rid of the acid like it's not good everything's gonna get worse and so what's really happening is like that sphincter at the bottom of your esophagus needs to get stronger and what you really need to do is take bitters Mm -hmm. because that will help to get everything going all the way down the line and actually probably need more stomach acid right so taking antacids is like a perfect example of like the pharmaceutical industry getting rid of a symptom like trying to mask a symptom yeah but ultimately making the real issue like a million times worse mm-hmm. oh I can get like fired up about this <laughs> yeah same <laughs> you are just like I'm like yeah shout out from the rooftops like yeah <laughs> like and too right I think a lot of people they like people take and yes it's like every day and they're also eating like an inflammatory diet so it's like it's just like this perpetual cycle it's like okay I'm just gonna eat this food that's already just kind of bland and then it's probably making me feel crappy because it's all like fried food and I'm just gonna take an antacid and like and like and this is not like to shame anyone like we're just not educated on that of course if you go to your doctor and you're complaining about heartburn and like GERD and things like that they're gonna suggest something like that like how are people supposed to like know or understand that that's not a good option when someone who comes from like an accredited background is telling you otherwise yeah totally and like not even asking you well what are you eating yeah (laughs) like minor detail just left out (laughs) like hmm something's wrong with your stomach like what are you putting in there you know (laughs) like what you got in there like I don't know, that might be the root of your issue, but you know what? Instead, just take an antacid every time you feel like you need to. <laughs> and continue eating whatever you want. Like, I know. This is also um, like one of the lessons I was watching in my, for my school the other day was speaking about this and just taking the authority back into our own hands and the responsibility for our own health mm-hmm. because that's what we've handed over. Yeah, so yes. we've, taken health to become something that is very complex and too difficult for the average person to understand. Yes. In air quotes. Yeah. And so now we need a professional to tell us what to do. And what they're going to tell us is take this pill and continue doing whatever you want Mm -hmm. because the pill will fix it. The pill's not fixing it. The pill's just masking it further. And like, that's what's creating chronic disease, nothing else. And so now we have this really big problem where we don't take our own responsibility for health and well-being. We just think, oh, I can take this pill and I can continue to live in this very unhealthy way and I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be healthy. Yeah. And that's just not the case. 
And so we need to really like take that authority back into our own hands of understanding our health and understanding our wellness from like a holistic perspective and really start to take responsibility into our own hands. I feel like that's huge. And like, uh, sometimes I wonder too, if like taking all these pharmaceuticals too, like suppresses that intuition that you might have. Like, I know I'm someone that like intuitively knows when something's off, but also it's hasn't always been like that, like my life. Right. It's like, like even when I was on the pill for like years, it's like that definitely impacted my intuition of like knowing when things were off. But like now, like I can tell I'm like, no, like this isn't right. And, you know, of course I can bring it up to like my doctor and that never goes anywhere. But like you sometimes you're like, it's good for like also getting like tests and like scans and things like that. They're like, you know, I need to maybe get some blood work done. Like, yeah. <laughs> but like even that's like pulling teeth with them. They're like, no, like you actually totally. don't need that stool sample. Like you're not, you don't have a fever every day and you don't have diarrhea every day. So like you're fine. And you're like, no, I'm not. Like, I know yeah. my poops are not normal right now. Like, yeah. Like, mm. So it's like, I feel like if I was on a medication, I wouldn't have like that intuition of like knowing when something isn't right. So, like, totally. I feel like it just gives people like an unfair chance at even like getting to that point of like taking totally. their health back. Cause it's like, I feel like you just like almost lose that sense of like knowing what's what your body needs. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree with you more. And especially like what you said about the birth control, it's like, okay, that's like, (laughs) I could go on a really big tangent about that because basically what's happening is we're suppressing the entire female population from, from the age of like, as soon as they come of age, it's like, oh, here, take this pill and suppress all your um, feminine power yeah. right now until you're no longer of an age where you can like really have much to say anymore. And then you can just like go over there and be in the old folks home. Like mm-hmm. that's essentially what we're doing. And yeah. it is like catastrophic. It's actually mind blowing. Like I don't it's think mind-blowing. Yeah. I don't think people are serious. It is. Like the I worst part about people. it too. Yeah. Sorry, what was that? Well, I'm not to shame people that take the pill either, right? Because again, it's like an no. education thing. And totally different, like, depending on your life, right? But it's like I just wish people were at least educated so they can make that choice to themselves from like an educated exactly. standpoint. Exactly. And that's exactly what I was just gonna say. Like the worst part about it is that like I was on the birth control for many years. And when I went on the birth control, I actually did so from a place of thinking that I was taking care of my health. Mm-hmm. Like I was a 16 year old and I thought that I was being a responsible adult by going and taking care of this and like doing what I was supposed to do and like taking care of my body. Like I thought that that was me making an empowered choice and yes. like, being informed and being like autonomous like and now I'm just like that poor girl had no idea and no one explained to her what it was doing to my body and like the I had to deal with the results of it like when I went off of the pill I didn't have a cycle for nine months Mm, yeah because my body didn't know how to do its own natural process it's crazy like 
I am like, I went off, mind you, I went off at a time where like, I also was taking like antibiotics for months at a time, but like, mind you, like my, my other alternative was doing radiation. So like antibiotics seemed like a good alternative to like, yeah. right. So it was like, maybe that also like heightened coming off the pill, like even more. Cause it was like, my gut health was destroyed at the same time of like yeah. going off the pill, but like I am still, and I'm like totally transparent with like clients too. Like I still have impacts from that after like over two years, like, yeah, yeah, like, no, probably like three years at this point. Like it's still, yeah. I think that's wild. Like, it's not yeah. like, Oh, you go off the pill and like, you know, you might like feel different for a few months. It's like, no, it can create some like long-term health consequences. And like yeah. the interview I did this morning, yeah, the interview I did this morning was with someone, a nutritionist who focuses on hormones and like PCOS. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. of course we talked about like the pill briefly, like, you know, people complain about, you know, having symptoms of PCOS and their doctor's like, Oh, go on the pill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, people also, any symptom of hormone imbalance, they're going to put you on the pill. And yeah. what that's going to do is actually increase the hormone imbalance. It's going to perpetuate the hormone imbalance. Yeah. And it's not solving anything. It's masking, it's the exact same as the antacid comparison. It's yeah. masking the symptom temporarily, but it's making the root issue much, much worse. Now, in your like practice, how can herbalism support hormonal health, whether it's like something more specific or like even just like that vibrancy that like we lose when we go on the pill after literally it being suppressed for X amount of years. Yeah, totally. So like definitely there's a lot of herbs that work with like female hormones and help to bring them into balance. Mm -hmm. And that's another way that like herbs are so magical because anti or sorry pharmaceuticals can't do this like they can't come into your body and adapt Mm -hmm. plants will do this so if your hormones like need to be elevated here and lowered here herbs can do that they can bring everything into balance Mm -hmm. if you have too strong of a cycle like you're bleeding too much herbs can regulate that and they can you could potentially use the same herb for someone who's having like too little of a cycle or who's missing their cycle and it will bring that back into balance. So that's not necessarily the case with every herb, but like there are examples that can work in that way to bring balance. And like they also work on so many other levels. So like one of my other favorite herbs is uh, motherwort. Mm. And it's fantastic at regulating the female reproductive cycle but it also really, really helps to regulate um, the cardiovascular system. And so on a sort of more spiritual energetic level, it works with our heart chakra and our sacral chakra, Mm. which is the two things that you really need. Our sacral chakra is like desire. It's our relationships to other people. It's our sexuality And so, and your heart, like that's, you know, pretty self-explanatory. And so you need those two to really be balanced in order to maintain and support healthy relationships. And motherwort balances those two on a physical level, but also on like an emotional and energetic level. So like, that's just magic. (laughs) 
<laughs> people are gonna be like listening to this podcast and being like wow okay you guys are like nerding out hard <laughs> like <laughs> fired up about like birth control of any acids <laughs> which are like low-key freaking love um yeah. one question to kind of like wrap this up too just for people who are maybe like new to herbalism um like what is like the best approach like working with someone like yourself one-on-one because obviously like it can be I'm assuming so overwhelming and like I know for myself like it's actually funny that you mentioned bitters because I just ordered bitters for myself because I noticed that things were getting out of balance again and I was like oh I need to take (laughs) bitters before like meals again so not surprised that you brought that up because I feel like between this and the book situation, there's like some weird not coincidences happening. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> but like, yeah, like where should people start or like if they just kind of want to like maybe read up on it, like, you know, maybe some resources? Yeah. Um, so if like if people are interested in working with a her- like working with herbs, I would definitely recommend working with a herbalist um, one-on-one because it is so complex and the the herbs do work on so many different levels that it's really important to find a remedy that's perfect for you and it is possible and so there's so many different herbs that have the digestive bitters component Mm. but they also have so many other components so it's like are you also experiencing anxiety and like what type of anxiety Mm. is your anxiety like a tendency to want to control things when you get anxious and then are you also experiencing insomnia and are you also experiencing these other things and then there's a herb that's doing all of that wow so that's like a specific remedy for you and in order to get in touch with what that is like talk to a herbalist Mm -hmm. um and what that looks like is typically what that looks like for me. And I know for many other herbalists is that you sit down for an initial um, intake and it's completely different from how you will feel when you go into your doctor's office. We sit down with tea and chat for one to two hours mm-hmm. and we talk about every single aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm going to ask you about your digestive health, but I'm also going to ask you about your menstrual cycle. And like in detail, I'm going to ask you about your family, your relationships, your spirituality, your work. Mm-hmm. And like, we're going to weave everything together. I'm also, um, some of the other tools that I personally work with is like, I'm really interested in Ayurveda. So mm-hmm. I kind of try to look at your dosha. Mm-hmm. and how that might be implicating um and I'm super into astrology which is something we haven't talked about yet but I will look at people's birth charts if that's something that they're open to mm. and weave in some medical astrology and look into like the roots of imbalance there what yeah so it's like a very holistic approach that looks at the entire person and like basically my intention in that process is for you to feel 100% seen and heard and like Mm -hmm. every single aspect of your life and health will be put on the table and then I will weave everything together to form like a complete understanding of you and where the imbalance is happening and what the root of that is Mm. and then we will find a remedy that is specific to you Mm. 
And then that doesn't just end with um, me giving you a herb and sending you home. What happens is I will send people like a follow-up email, which will give them like an overview of everything we talked about, um, our goals and like what they want to work on with me. Mm-hmm. And then it will also include some like dietary suggestions. It will include some like lifestyle practices. So like maybe rituals or like emotional practices or journaling that might help you with sort of more of those pieces and then also a herbal protocol. Okay. And then after a certain amount of time of, of taking those herbs, then we would meet back again and talk about how it's going and are you seeing an improvement or like, do we need to adjust anything? Okay. So it's like a very thorough process. And that's why I think it's really important. Like if people are interested in kind of knowing more and like learning about their own, how to work with it on their own. Like Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people just like go out and buy their own tinctures and kind of like self treat in that way, which is like totally cool. Get into herbs in whatever way. Yeah. Um, but if you're really looking to like go deeper into it, that's definitely what I would recommend. Okay. Yeah. That, like I went to a herbalist, I want to say like maybe three years ago and I think, yeah, my initial consultation was like three hours. Yeah, totally. Also we're talking about like my grandparents. I'm like, I don't know how this happened. (laughs) Totally. You'll, your grandparents will probably come up. Like like, it just, it just was like a natural flow of the conversation. Like all of a sudden we were there. I was like, okay. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Well, we've been here oh three hours I thought we were here for like 10 minutes like yeah totally. just like yeah how like she had a very similar kind of like approach to like health and wellness as like you do obviously I'm sure there's a lot mm-hmm. of similarities between herbalists but yeah like everything you're saying I'm like yeah that was very much my experience <laughs> yeah totally yeah and that should be your experience like that should be your experience if you're seeing a herbalist that should be yeah. how, how it feels Cool. Well, where can people find you online? Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited. I just launched my website and it's now online. So my website is rewildthesoul.ca. And you can find me on Instagram as well at rewildthesoul. And yeah, if people are interested in like herbal consultations, I also do like a free um phone call which is like about 30 minutes just to talk about what your goals are and like if we're a good fit to work together um so people can reach out to me through there and like through my website and set that up if they're interested and I'm also really excited to let you know that I'm going to be hosting a retreat okay yeah so this March I'm going to be hosting a retreat in Costa Rica um which is like my second home outside of Canada it's my favorite place in the world it's super wild and super magical and it's going to be a women's retreat um focused on connecting with your inner wild woman amazing yeah they can read that book first and then like yeah totally (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing yeah like we can share some information about that too so anyone that's interested can connect with you whether it's like the consultation side of things the retreat so yeah well thank you so much for joining me today this has been such a great conversation and I know that we could have like riffed on 
like literally birth control probably for like two hours. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But thank you so much. I, I honestly enjoyed this conversation so much and I know that everyone listening will definitely be into this and probably learning some more in the future. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really, really great to, to catch up with you and yeah, just chat about all things herbs. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode and don't forget to join the conversation over on socials at Simply Nick Nutrition and online at simplynicknutrition.com.